No agreement here. We must agree to disagree, or chaos ensues. That's probably my best haiku I could come up with. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Oh, I know I've been gone for a few days, but I actually was detoxing in the last week and trying to get my body back to normal after being stuck indoors all day and drinking too much and fun stuff like this. So I love detoxing because it stops me from doing all the bad things that I've been doing. And um, I it sucks. I mean, there's no way of getting around it. But in the last four days, one of the last week, I think it was, I don't know when I, I think it was Friday, last time I posted, it made me reevaluate what I want to talk about in this podcast. And when Dave comes along, it's part of what we should talk about. It's not necessarily, necessarily politics and news. It's more about philosophy, political philosophy. And I realize this. I'm reading two. I'm actually reading three books right now. I'm reading uh, the Gulag Archipelago, which is actually quite long and a little bit difficult to read. Not terribly difficult to read, but it is one of the tougher books to read. I'm reading Mary Sanger's Women and Race, which I think is <laughs> exceptionally disturbing and something that people who support Planned Parenthood should probably read. I think Black Lives Matter would not be supporting um, would not be supporting um, Planned Parenthood who Mary Sanger discovered if they knew where what their founder actually believed and the Communist Manifesto. So I'm reading all three. Now, mind you, the Gulag Archipelago is a 480-page book. It's very long, kind of complicated. Russian writers are not the easiest to read. I've read Tolstoy and Dostoevsky in the past, and they are very difficult writers to read. Um, Solvichkin is, and I know I pronounced his name incorrectly. I'll never be able to pronounce his name correctly. He's a little easier to read. He's a little bit more direct. But it is a 500-page book, so it is rather complicated. And to give him a break, I mean, he was in prison for 15 years, 10 to 15 years. So he had a lot to say. But Sanger and um, uh, Marx and Engels, they're very easy to read. Uh, the Communist Manifesto is only 36 pages. Still very complicated, especially when you're trying to convert it. And Sanger, not so complicated. She's just very long-winded, and she's very direct. And this is what I realize I want to talk about. I want to talk about political philosophy more than news. That doesn't mean you end news. Uh, you've got plenty of political news. You can listen to the Daily Wire, any of the four broadcasters on the Daily Wire. You can listen to Fox News, Tucker, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram. They all are political news. I want to be more about the philosophy. That doesn't mean I'm going to skip news. But today I've got my first actually political philosophy deal. And and I think it's important, especially in this day, of, day and age, because no one's really talking too much about it. And it really bothers me. So let's, let's get into it. Um, 
usually I like to start my day with polit with political news. And I think we're going to do that today and talk about all of the crap that's happening with <laughs> this news thing over at NASCAR. So last weekend, uh, Bubba Wallace, who is the only black NASCAR driver, discovered, or he may not have discovered it, but someone discovered, a noose in his garage. Now, this noose, it was reported. Everything was just, it was terrible. The FBI sent 15 agents to investigate it. NASCAR investigated it. By the way, do you realize that NASCAR or FBI sent 15 investigators to investigate a supposed noose at a NASCAR facility because the only black NASCAR driver reported it, and yet they were tearing down statues everywhere, including statues of Ulysses S. Grant and Abraham Lincoln, and there are no police to be found. We're going to get to that in a later podcast because it shows the irony. It shows that we're not as bad as we thought we were, that we're not as racist as we thought we were. So before the Talladega, I, I can't remember what race it is. I'm not a NASCAR fan, so I, I just I don't see it as a sport. I see it as a bunch of guys driving a car, turning left hand for 200 miles an hour and 500 miles. So I, I don't think much of it, but... The FBI sent 15 units, 15 agents. The NASCAR decided to investigate. Now, after this whole thing had happened, the entire NASCAR circuit for the race actually pushed Bubba Wallace's car to the front of the line, to the pole position. And that includes not only the NASCAR drivers, but also the NASCAR, the, uh, pit crews for NASCAR and push it because they really believed this was a thing. And guess what happened? The FBI found that this was not actually a noose. It was just a pull cable, pull rope for the garage. They also discovered that this new, this quote noose end quote was actually around for over a year. And that this was not a noose at all. It was actually just a pull cable for a garage door opener. For a garage door. Now, I don't know if you've been alive long enough, but in the old days, before garage door openers, and by the way, this was even really before I was driving, you actually had a rope that you would grab and pull so that you could pull the garage door down automatically. Now you just press a button, the garage door closes. Okay, so that was discovered, I think, on Tuesday. Today's Thursday. Maybe Monday. I don't know. Bubba Wallace decided to double down. A lot of the black folk decided to double down on it. Uh, you had Jamil, I can't, Jamil Hill from MSNBC fame actually sit there and say, no, that was a noose. You had Bubba Wallace double down and say, that was a noose. You had uh, the black activist, actually, just race baiter, 
I can't remember his name. Oh my god, I gotta write, start writing this stuff down. I'm not writing any of this down, by the way. I'm making this up. But you had everyone saying this was a noose. Forget what NASCAR found. Forget what NASCAR did. NASCAR pit crews and NASCAR by pushing this guy up, showing unity that, hey, if this was that bad that NASCAR says we need to investigate it, it must have been true. And all of the white racers, Bubba, Bubba Wallace is the only black racer in NASCAR right now, is pushing his car to the front. You know, can we give someone a break that maybe some things aren't racist? But it didn't matter. It did not make any difference. So Bubba Wallace says it was uh, Al Sharpton. That's who it was. Al Sharpton said that was a noose. No question. Um, yeah, well, Al Sharpton, Jamil uh, Hill, and Bubba Wallace could all say it was a uh, noose. It turned out not to be a noose. It turned out to be a garage door closer. So someone could reach up and close the garage doors. By the way, if anyone thinks that I, I question this right off the bat because I've heard all the news stories I can deal with. All right, it, None of them ended up being true. I didn't say anything. I didn't even bring it up because I was like, whatever. Let's find out what's happening before I even bring it up. But the reality is it was a garage door closer. It's been there for, for a year. It wasn't something new. Now, they just released, the FBI just released a picture of the actual pull string hey noose slash it looks like a noose there's no there's no question that looks like a noose how it is set up does not look like it's in the position to be a threat it's set up on the garage door it's set up way to the right but it looks like a noose i don't know if it has the 13 rings that on the base of the noose that it has but it had a bunch of rings it looked like a noose but right now, we're not even sure Bubba Wallace reported it. It could have been someone else that reported it. We don't know anything about it. Bubba Wallace did take it back. He did double down at first, but then he took it back. But the point being is, racism has become such a thing, right, that people just automatically assume anything is a racist act. This isn't the first news story this year. You remember, I believe it was in, I'm not sure what state it was in, but in a state, they found rope tied to a tree and hung down. Now, these did not look like nooses. And it was discovered that these were not only nooses, they were exercise equipment. And not only was it hung, this exercise equipment hung by a a non-white supremacist. It was hung by a black guy so he could exercise in the park. And the black guy said, no, I hung those. And they don't look like nooses. They're, there's nothing tying them together. And then the mayor of that city, I believe it was Michigan, the mayor of that city sat back and said, oh, well, we're going to do a criminal race based investigation anyway even though a black guy admitted he hung him up because it's part of the narrative and the narrative says the United States is a racist country we won't forget about Smollett Smollett who had a 
twine noose around his neck while he reported that he was attacked by Trump supporters. Let's not forget that at all. This was again, they tied a noose around my neck, they beat the crap out of me, and guess what? It ended up being a fake, and now he's looking at prison time. Because it's about race. No one brings that stuff up. And I got news to you. There are dozens of stories about nooses being hung in places because of lynching. Right? And they ended up being fake. It's it's stupid. It's a narrative that the left decides they want to keep up on. And I tell you what, if you find any example of a news story, I will find you that is legitimately from a white supremacist. I guarantee you I'll find 10 that were lies. I'll find 10 anti-black slogans spray-painted on a garage door. They're all lies. This is part of the narrative because you can't give up the narrative. They must keep the narrative that this country is racist. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next series of lectures, the next series of podcasts. I don't want to say lectures. They're going to seem like lectures. But the next series of podcasts. Let's talk about philosophy. I was talking to someone who lived through the turbulent 60s and asked her how it compares to today. Now, I was born in 1968, so I don't know anything about the 60s. Uh, she said things today are far worse. She said people then were more unhappy about the Vietnam War and government corruption. There was racism and anger about the struggle of implementing the Civil Rights Act. She said that anger went through the 1970s, and I remember that. I remember that being from Chicago. I remember seeing police treat blacks differently than whites. There was a story back then, I remember, where I was at an airport, and I was just a little kid, and I saw a policeman. We were parked illegally in front of a green zone, you know, loading and unloading only. And in front of us was a black couple that was parked in the green zone, loading and unloading only. And then a police officer, big fat guy, uh, because Chicago PD are not as in great shape as LAPD. And the guy came up, he was a white guy, came up and said, what are you doing here? You can't park here. And my father said, listen, we're just waiting for someone. We're going." He said, okay, you know, fine. And then he walks up to the black folks and he said, get the hell out of here. You're not supposed to be parking here. That's systemic racism, by the way. And that happened in the 70s. Uh, the 70s had a lot of other things. We had Watergate, the oil crisis, the Iranian hostage situation. We also had an economic recession. People were not happy. The world was a mess in the United States. And I haven't even mentioned disco, which was like the worst thing that could have happened in the 70s. But throughout this time, there was never a thought that this country was, was a terrible place. It was in crisis, but it wasn't a terrible place. A lot of people wanted to switch to communism. This was still a popular thought at this time. And there was a serious thought about overthrowing the government. The news media did not lionize the hippies. They thought they were crazies. 
unlike what they think about the people rioting today. Those they they were they were just sympathetic to their cause. The Black Panthers, which was a very strong group at the time, also a very Marxist group, was seen as a criminal group even by the media. There was still a lot that united us as a country. Black, white, red, green, it didn't make any difference. Iran was holding 49 Americans. Our people wanted them back. They didn't care what they were, black, white, yellow, green. It didn't matter. There was a Cold War which gave us a united enemy. Everyone agreed the Soviet Union was evil. Everyone agreed the Soviet Union wanted to take over the United States, and they would take over it with nuclear weapons if they had to. I haven't even mentioned that Disco was evil too. But we got through that. The United States hockey team beat the Soviets in Olympic hockey in 1980. Ronald Reagan established American pride again. The first space shuttle launched. The economy grew. We became respected militarily. The Soviet Union fell. It was the start of 30 years of relative peace and happiness in the United States. Uh, the 9-11 kind of messed that up. But for the most part, the United States was, until about 2006, the United States was relatively happy. Today, we're in trouble. That's because we have the same distinct groups, but we are so far apart with those groups that there cannot be a center. What do I mean by that? Abortion's a great example. In fact, it might be one of the reasons we are not so close anymore. There appears to be only one of two choices when it comes to abortion, for or against. Now, we can talk, and I'm going to bring this up later, we can talk about pro-life versus pro-choice. I hate the destruction of language. You're either pro-abortion or anti-abortion. Pro-choice. I'm anti-abortion, which means I'd be pro-life, whatever that means. I'm pro-choice. I believe you should have the choice to say whatever you want to say. I believe you should have the choice to own a gun. I believe you should have the choice on what religion you decide to practice. And pro-life. I can't believe that pro-abortionists are not pro-life. They believe you shouldn't be able to kill. All the riots that we're seeing right now are because one very bad cop killed a black man. They're pro-life too. Let's not mince words. It's pro-life, pro-choice, anti-abortion. I mean, just because you have pro and one in front of one thing, pro-choice, but your, your secondary part is bad, abortion bad. So you can't say pro-abortion because abortion is bad. Everyone agrees to that. That's why there's a pro-choice. And anti is a negative. You can't have statements that are always positive. I'm an anti-abortionist, period. End of story. I'm an anti-abortionist in every way. Eventually, we're going to end up talking about that. 
But anti, I choose anti-abortionist because that's the correct term. Pro-life, yes, I'm pro-life, but I'm pro-life for everything. I'm anti-abortion. Pro-choicers, okay, well, yeah, both are real positive terms, but you're pro, which is a positive term, abortion, which is a negative term. So you believe in the killing. This, all, this is the problem with mincing language. And this is why I don't want to say a man is a woman and a woman is a man. It, that's not reality. The reality is you're pro-abortion or I'm anti-abortion. Abort, just because portion of my group is negative doesn't mean we change the language. So let's not change the language. Abortion has always been made into a black and white issue. It's either you don't want abortion or you do. Okay? And here's the thing. There's no gray area in that. And I disagree. There is gray area in that. Is there an absolute truth? I believe there is an absolute truth. I believe we've reached scientifically the absolute truth. But no one wants to see gray area. No one wants to see, okay, let's just kind of agree to something. When someone argues with me, the first thing a liberal will argue with me or left winger will argue is that, well, you know, what about rape? What about incest? What Are you against abortion for that? What about the woman is going to die if she has a child? I hate those arguments because they're extreme arguments. And I hate them because, one, if the mother could die, every religion believes she should be able to abort the child. There's no question there. Suddenly went from black and white to gray. When we come to incest and we come to rape, the first thing I ask is, okay, so let's eliminate abortion. Let's say abortion is legal for women who are raped and can prove it, and women who have had incest who can prove it. I don't agree with that, by the way. I think women who are, I think there's a difference between, there's a big difference between fault and responsibility. I don't think the moral choice changes simply because of the circumstance. So, for example, my child died, but I still have the responsibility to live without my child. I, it's irresponsible for me to kill myself, or it's irresponsible for me to ignore my children. I, this is what politicians who don't believe in abortion for rape don't ex explain. They, they're terrible at it. Politicians suck at everything, by the way. So I, I'm not surprised. But, but the point is, I will sit there and I will tell someone, well, you don't believe in abortion for rape, incest, and the mother's life is in danger. Okay, then do me a favor. That's a gray area. I'm not even sure with rape sometimes. I'm not even sure. I got to be honest with you. I'm not even sure abortion is wrong for someone who's 13 years old. I, I, I've got some things. I believe, but that doesn't mean I'm right. I'll say, you know what? Let's let's make abortions legal for those people, the rape, the ones who are raped, the ones who have suffered incest, the ones who the parents are, the mother could die. Let's make it legal and make it illegal for anyone who wants it for. Um, wants it for uh, convenience. I always get the same answer. Well, I mean, uh, no, it's not what I'm saying. 
here's the reality. They don't care about that. They just want abortion legalized. And those people actually use abortion as they use the extreme. The left does this. They use the extreme as the reason why it should be completely legal. I mean, if you sat back and said that 97% of abortions, and I think that's conservative, 97% of abortions were con for convenience, a lot of people would sit back and say, um, uh, I don't want to eliminate 90% of the abortions. And that's the truth. But that's the thing. I'm about the gray area. There is gray. I think a I think a doctor and a patient can determine, based off ethical standards that the doctors have to prove, have to prove, that they can figure out that gray area whether it falls into that gray area or it's one of the black and white. This is the biggest problem with our history right now. It is only black and white. There is no gray. And it's not just liberals and leftists that don't have a gray area. The conservatives can't have a gray area either. In certain, some of the things that the left really wants to push, for example, no police, um, tearing down of statues, uh, the country is endemically, systemically racist. We can't support that either. This is not a good thing. We can't support this stuff. So we're going to have a series of podcasts that actually talk. In the beginning, I'm going to talk about the history. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that really separates the left from the right. I need to be careful because when we say right, it's right of left. For example, there are a lot of classical liberals who lean to the left that agree with me. And there are, I'm not 100% conservative. I'm a libertarian. I, 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 there are certain things that I believe in. For example, I believe in, I, I think gay marriage is a good thing. I, I don't see a problem with that. I may not see it as a good thing because I see it as a sin per my religion, but that doesn't mean I don't think there should be gay marriage. I think there should be. And here's the big thing. And it's based off the title of my it's based off the title of my podcast is how close are we to a civil war? And I don't see how we avoid a civil war here. I just think it's about the first shot from the right. I think it's going to be about some conservative, some person that's right of left that's had enough and starts shooting. And we're beginning to see it now. We're beginning to see people who are threatened and decide to drive through protesters. We're seeing guys who are beaten, being beaten up by Antifa and decide to pull out their legally owned gun and start shooting them. But the media does not help. The media promulgate, promulgates this whole thing. In the next podcast, we're going to talk a little, again, just like we did today, we're going to talk a little bit about news. But then we're going to go into the first area that classical liberals and to the right of classical liberals cannot agree with the left and definitely can't agree with what we're seeing. And that's the destruction of history. 
You see these idiots tearing down statues? And these idiots don't even know whose statue they're tearing down. I mean, we've seen Ulysses S. Grant. Abraham Lincoln they're going after right now. They've torn, torn down Francis Scott Key, who had nothing to do with slavery. They, they actually went after Mahatma Gandhi, who had nothing to do with slavery. But he was a religious. And they're going after more. It's beginning to expand. This is scary stuff. There was some character on... Twitter, who sat back and said, you know what, we need to tear down the white Jesus, the European Jesus, the European Mary. We need to, t- we need to throw stones through those uh, stained glass windows of churches, which is something that is, again, another area that we're never going to agree with the left. Freedom of religion, which is basically the First Amendment. And I have that in one big uh, podcast. And I think that's what I want to do. I want to talk about philosophy. So, I've told you that I believe that we are on the verge of a civil war. I told you that the civil war is going to depend on the right. It's going to depend on the right to actually defend themselves. Because here's the thing, and Tucker Carlson said this. I didn't 100% believe Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson said, Republicans aren't doing anything. And you know what? They're not. Donald Trump's not doing anything about this. This whole chop thing in Seattle, Chaz Chop, whatever you want to call it, that should have been handled by Donald Trump weeks ago. He should have sent the military in there scare these little kids off into the basements of their mothers. And he didn't. Because there is, the reality is, we have a constitution. The constitution says the president shouldn't impede in community, city, or state politics. And Seattle is a democratic uh, city, Uh, Washington state is a democratic state. They didn't want Trump and Trump did what they should have done. This looks like weakness for Trump. This is not, it would not have been weakness. CHOP or CHAZ, whatever they're calling themselves today, has proven themselves to be a separate country. They've deemed themselves a separate country, a pretty crappy separate country, but a separate country nonetheless. They do not acknowledge the laws of the United States, much like the South did in 1861. And he should have shown strength, sent the military, the actual military, the Army, the Marines, the Air Force, whoever, into CHOP and ended it within hours. He didn't because he followed the Constitution. This is the double-edged sword that Trump is facing, that Biden doesn't face. Biden can criticize all he wants. And we're going to have to talk about him because he's an idiot. But he can criticize all he wants. But the reality is he's not in the position. He's not in the position where he's dealing with civil unrest and a pandemic at the same time and a closed economy at the same time. President Trump has done probably the best he can. 
I don't think he's done the right things in a lot of areas. I think Chop, I think the civil unrest, he did the wrong... I think he stayed back too much. I think he needed to take control of this crap. I think he effed up there. But we need... The big thing is, all right, individual cities, I personally like Chop being there because it just shows how screwed up collectivism and socialism and communism is. I think it shows the tyranny of collectivism, uh, socialism, and communism. And I think it is asinine. Chop shows you need police, you need authority, and you need people who are trained in certain ways. But I also think we're in a position right now where there's going to be a huge cultural civil war and that cultural civil war doesn't sound violent but it's going to get violent I think one day you're going to have a bunch of Antifa folk who by the way are communists well communists, anarchists I've heard communist anarchists, I, I don't know what that means okay, that it doesn't make sense, it shows how idiotic and farsighted these people are but it shows that these people are not on the same page and they will not relent. And we're getting to the point that conservatives or anything right of left needs to sit back, stand up, and take control. So, I think it's going to be a more fun podcast. Dave is going to be fantastic in this podcast because we're now talking philosophy, not just politics and news, which can be kind of boring, and repetitive, let's face it, you can listen to 50 other podcasts that are going to have news. And I've got some great books I'm reading right now that I'm going to talk about. Um, I won't tell you what they are yet, though I think I may have mentioned them in this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can follow me on, uh, you can uh, download or Listen to this podcast on um, Apple Podcasts, Podca Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This was actually an essay. I added to the essay, so the podcast has more. But this is going to be a very long essay. I would love to hear comments. There are no pictures. There's nothing there. It's just me bloating along. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>